Money FM 89.3, best of workday afternoon. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Good afternoon and welcome to Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero in the studio with finance presenter JP Ong and joined on the phone by market strategist Jeff Howie from the SGX. It has been an interesting week, some up days, some down days, some days when the market looks, you know, downright scared, I have to say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and there's been news. There has been news over the week. So let's take a nice long look at what the week has been like after JP gives us the update today. The <laughs> SDI is in the green right now. Just, just in the green. Up um, not even a point to three, well, not even a percent to 3,182 points. JP, the floor is yours. I mean, it's two points in the green. But you know what? It uh, We we did, a, this is a lot better than when we started. In fact, we saw the SDI today start in the red. So there's a bit of a fight back coming from the SDI, perhaps. Not uh, just much shake of a fight. <laughs> Not much. But you know what? It, given the fact that we were in the red a while ago, I'll take these gains at the moment. Two points up to 3,182. Perhaps just pointing at some resilience in market sentiment here that started to build over the, over the course of this week. There's about 641 million Singapore dollars in total trades changing hands. And it's rather close and rather thin, but so far the green team has it. 209 stocks, reads and trusts are tr- gaining ground. There's 203 that are in the red. But so far, you know, its sentiment might be a bit precarious at the moment. But at the moment, but right now we're seeing the STI at least hold on to gains. And it's a lot better than when you compare it to the rest of the region. The Nikkei 225 for win has fallen by 1.8% in today's session. The ASX 200 Australia also falling by about 0.2%. We are seeing that the South Korean Kospi has uh, also trading about 1.1% in the red. The Taiex in Taipei also falling by about 0.3%. We are also watching Chinese markets. And again, this is one of the reasons why market sentiment might be tested in the region also. It could be carrying over to some other places. Um, Chinese regulators, as we know, have intensified their crackdown, at least, on certain sectors of the economy, particularly tech stocks. And this has caused a number of uh, analysts, analysts and fund managers to question whether or not valuations in China, especially for these high-flying tech shares, is still valid. They do also worry about what other sectors might be next. And while markets yesterday did rally once again across greater China, where they're back in the red, Shanghai has fallen by 1% in today's session. The Shenzhen Bourse falling by about half a percent. And we also seen that the Hang Seng has gone back to losing ways, falling by 2.1%. Last Wednesday afternoon, they briefly fell into bear market territory, which means they were 20% down from their 12-month highs. The Hang Seng did rally quite significantly yesterday, but they're back in back to losing ways, wearing that deep shade of crimson, falling to 25,748. The Hang Seng Tech Index also returning to losing ways, and we've seen this also drop 4.1%. You're seeing a lot of the concern at least being concentrated on these tech shares in, 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 in China, and it seems to be at least rippling across the region. There's also a few uh, perhaps potential headwinds also coming from, uh, from, from the U.S., and while Wall Street did close in the green, there was that earnings report from Amazon, where they did report that profits did grow, but they have also warned that there could be slower sales growth, thus pointing at this economic rebound from the COVID-19 pandemic, perhaps slowing down just a little bit, and uh, thus also sapping sentiment. Jobless claims also came in a bit higher than expected, according to analysts who were surveyed by the likes of Dow Jones and Bloomberg. Um, so a lot of this just keeping markets on the back foot again, but so which also mean, makes this slight gain, and okay, fine, it's been whittled down to just one point, but so far, the fact that we're 
keeping our noses above water is actually better than the rest of the region, perhaps also being supported by pretty encouraging um, earnings releases from some of the Singapore's largest companies. And perhaps one of the biggest ones last night, arguably, was Keppel Corporation, which reported that first half net profit, they turned a profit in the first half, about 300 million Singapore dollars, raising the dividend also by four times. And it's also a bit... um, Quite the pleasant surprise, because if you remember, uh, over the weekend, Keppel Corporation warned that they might actually see some significant impairments once again from their offshore and marine division. That sent shudders down the spines of many people who thought that, oh, oh, oh no, not another dismal report. But it seems Keppel has pulled a fast one on us, but a pleasant fast one by reporting first half net income of about 300 million Singapore dollars. And I think this is at least keeping some sentiment at least uh, intact here in Singapore. But as we mentioned, one point, it's it's a very thin gain for the uh, STI. And we'll see if we can hold on to this over the afternoon session. We're still expecting a few earnings releases later on. Um, But so far, a one-point gain is better than multiple points losses, as we're seeing across some of our peers in the Asia-Pacific. Jeff Keppel's announcement... Um, and today's uh, performance on the market, it is firmly in the green, up 2.6% right now. Yeah, and, and as it has been for the month now. So overall, I think that we've got half a day left uh, for the month of July and the SDI has gained 1.5% for the month and outperformed the region like today. The FTSE APAC index, I think, has declined 3%. So far this this month, uh, and of course our with FTSE ASEAN All Share Index is down around two and a half percent. Now uh, it's all measured obviously across the region. I think we've had uh, you know on the COVID front, it, you know we, we haven't kind of uh, been able to reduce those new daily confirmed cases per day globally. And I don't think we've uh, we've put out more vaccines globally in July than we did in June. So you've had. Uh, I think we're currently averaging around 600,000 new confirmed cases a day, and that compares to 400,000 cases at the end of June. And, and for that vaccine rollout globally, that momentum has subsided. It's, it, we've had 920 million vaccine doses so far this month, which compares to 1.14 billion back in June. So I guess like the month of June, uh, July did also bring a comparatively narrow STI Point range between the high and low, 100 points between the high and low, and at that 31.82 level that you mentioned just before, it, it means the index is is only off 1.6% from that 32.37 high back on the 30th of April. So, at the at the current levels of the 31.82, your dividend inclusive total return of the STI this year is around 14% for the first seven months of this year. So the index still remains among the top three performing APAC benchmarks over the past seven months. Um, you did mention, Clarissa, some, some green here versus uh, versus the rest, if you will, and, and we have seen that at a sector level. Um, for instance, as we know, you, you, the banks are a very big part of the STI mm-hmm. and they, they report next week, but what we've seen in July is that US yield curve flattened further from 120 basis points at the end of June to 105 basis points today. And that's seen globally banks decline around 2%. But the trio of DBS, OCBC and UOB have averaged 2.5% gains with the bulk of those 2.5% gains pretty much attributed to the MAS lifting the dividend restrictions. Um, but also, uh, I guess for the STI... It's only half the story in July. When you look at the 20 stocks recipient to the highest net institutional inflows over the month, there are five stocks, five um, STI stocks and 15 non-STI stocks. So the non-STI stocks included 
AEM, Raffles Medical Group, UMS, Semcorp Marine, Q&M Dental, Fre- uh, Rex Franken, SBH, ISDN and a number of REITs with the 15 non-SDI stocks averaging around 6.5% returns over the month. And when you look at the converse, when, with regards to the highest net institutional outflows over the month, um, the opposite was observed. That is, there were only just four non-SDI stocks that made up the 20 stocks recipient to the highest net institutional outflows over the month. Now, a lot of that can be earnings related. For instance, we did see Raffles Medical Group report revenue was up more than 40% year on year for its first half of this year, with healthcare and hospital services division seeing pretty strong year on year revenue growth, I think it was 65% and 35% uh, respectively. Um, and then yeah, on the, the earnings front, we also saw uh, for the first half of the year, uh, I think it was reported yesterday, CICT, which is comprised of the Capital Land Malls Trust and the Capital Land Commercial Trust merger, which I think was completed in October last year, mm-hmm. it saw its rental reversion decline rate ease compared to the second half of 2020 and those measured year-on-year increases in, in gross revenue across the majority of the portfolio. It did it, What I thought was interesting, um, too, they did mention that they have been strengthening their omni-channel retail ecosystem with more than a million, more than 1.1 million Capita Star members and more than 3,000 uh, retailers on board that uh, omni-channel uh, program. Um, and then you saw SIA, of course, it narrowed its first quarter net loss to $409 million, uh, and that was supported by $85 million in fuel hedging and fair value gains, and it reported its passenger load factor, I think, for the first quarter increased 4.6 percentage points year-on-year to 14.8%. You saw the Hong Kong land um, underlying profit grew, I think, 12% year-on-year for the first half, attributed to higher sales uh, completion of developments in China. Uh, Jardine Cycle and Carriages underlying profit also more than doubled in the first half of this year, uh, year-on-year, and that was on stronger earnings in the Astra Automotive business in Indonesia. And I think uh, there were there was growth in strategic interests such as Thaco Re and Siam City uh, Cement. Uh, so, um, plenty of, I, I guess, uh, measured moves, as you said, um, with, with the movements in the green. Um, if, if I just take one more minute, too, because the week did start with a pretty important number, and just like next week will as well, because we have the PMI coming out to, uh, on Monday night at 9pm. And remember, in June, that broad SIPMM PMI increased to 50.8 from 50.7 in May. Um, on Monday, we saw the manufacturing sector in Singapore did expand 15% year-on-year year in the first half of this year, but in June, you saw a month-on-month decline of 3%, being the largest month-on-month decline since October. So it's really a lot of similarities with our stock market in that when you look at the top 20 stocks listed in Singapore that have manufacturing-relevant activities – they also make up 20% of our day-to-day turnover, just like manufacturing makes up around 20% of Singapore's GDP. And we saw uh, very um, varied returns across those manufacturing stocks according to the sector they represent, be it technology, non-cyclical consumers, industrials, healthcare, materials and resources. But what an, another parallel there was that the, sing- sing- the semiconductor cluster uh, in the first half of this year it expanded 26% year-on-year in Singapore, and AEM Holdings, UMS Holdings, and Franken Group also averaged just over 30% total returns for the same period. And then since the end of June, the trio that generated similar gains around 4% uh, in, the, in, the, in the month to date, and that includes that UMS dividend distribution, 
but at the same time, the SOX has marg- only gained marginally by 0.2%. So it's um, a really long way to, to, to make an example of that point you made, Clarissa, but we are seeing some, uh, we have seen some uh, outperformance here in Singapore, both in the tech shares, those semiconductor stocks, compared to global semiconductor stocks, um, in addition to our banks here, uh, as opposed to the global banks. Right now, the banks are all in the green. SIA isn't. Um, and I want to cast your mind back to the market view wrap we did with Ven Srinivasan from Straits Times a few weeks ago, where he predicted or, or he guessed that um, one of the things that people would start to be looking at more are the stocks that aren't index stocks, the catalyst listed stocks. And some of those have actually performed since it is oh. earnings period very, very well. Well, and, and incl- in inflation too has been a, a real reason for uh, one certain component of those non-index stocks very much outperforming. As we saw in the Fed Reserve, inflation is is, is a key, very key global topic now. The inflation was mentioned more than 30 times throughout the statement in the press conference by the Fed chair, much more than tapering was. And on the inflation front, much focus has been on the potential cost-push inflation through the rise in commodity prices. Um, but what we've seen so far in the month of July is the commodity prices, the big global commodity benchmarks, have pretty much put on a flat performance. So Brent crude oil pretty much remains near its near the end of June levels, around $75 a barrel, as does our SGX TSI iron ore futures. They're, they're trading at similar levels to where they were at June. But nonetheless, we saw, we've seen uh, increased um, participation in a number of of commodity stocks, uh, particularly these upstream explorers that are producing these commodities. Um, So when you look at our five most traded upstream resource explorers that also span catalyst stocks, um, in addition to mainboard stocks, they are uh, exploring resources that span the likes of oil, iron ore and coal. So you've got Rex International, RH Petrogas, Fortress Minerals, Golden Energy and Resources and and Geoenergy Resources. And we've seen those stocks, they've averaged uh, close to 200% total returns in the 2021 year, right through to yesterday's close, with uh, returns ranging from 44% for Rex International to 628% for RH Petrogas. But at the same time, the key caveat to that is those five stocks that do comprise both main board and catalyst listings, they've also averaged pretty high 180-day volatility of more than 80%, which is four times that of the average STI constituent. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I want to look ahead, actually, and uh, stay with the banks because they're going to be a huge, arguably the uh, sector to watch next week when they all release earnings. And whenever we talk about the re- the uh, re- renewal, at least, of dividends there, and we talk about Singapore being uh, a hot dividend play whenever people are looking at why they should invest in, in Singapore or Singapore stocks, whenever you think of dividends, you think about the REITs and the banks. Are there any other sectors that perhaps in- investors should be aware of if they're looking at uh, possible dividend plays or sectors that might be rich dividend plays that maybe they're not uh, they're being overshadowed by the banks and the REITs. Yeah, there's. Uh, I mean, there, there is an index, or at least there used to be a global FTSE high dividend uh, index, which has uh, no REITs in it. It's not meant to have REITs, mm. so it's meant to be a, a high dividend uh, index that uh, only has has all the non REIT companies. And Singapore still manages to uh, out, you know. Um, kind of outweigh, yeah, have have a very strong weighting in that index. So they do span a number of segments and sectors. 
for these for these companies that do have comparatively high yields. The STI, for instance, uh, has uh, consistently throughout the last few years ranked as one of the highest yielding uh, indices across. Uh, Asia Pacific and of course REITs have has only gradually been increasing its impact in that index. Mm-hmm. All right, now looking at the week ahead, you've already intimated that there's some uh, there's some more big earnings coming out, mm. news that could move the markets along with uh, numbers coming out of the country. What are we going to be focusing on next week? I, th- I think I mean for a start, there's thirty as many as, as thirty stocks that actually go ex-dividend next week, and the majority of those REITs distributing income for the periods that they've recently reported. On uh, outside the banks, you've also got a number of, of, of stocks that are obviously reporting. You've got Great Eastern Holdings before the market on Monday, Ascendus REIT after the market on Monday, uh, KBS US Prime REIT is on Tuesday as is First Ship Lease Trust, um, UOB and OCBC on Wednesday, as as well as OK Pay uh, Holdings on Wednesday, and then Thursday you've got Starhub, Thackeral, uh, the SGX. Uh, RAUS Hospitality Trust, Roxy Pacific, of course, DBS, and then Hong Leong Finance as well. And then Friday, importantly, too, Semcorp Industries and Venture Corp, as well as Tuan Singh Holdings and EC World Rate. Mm, and you know, there's a lot actually to focus on, as we know, in August as well. We have PMI numbers coming out. We've got the um, uh, the Chaixin PMI in China coming out that day. On Monday, of course, PMI numbers for Singapore coming out at 9 p.m. A lot of economists we've talked to have also highlighted that the Singapore economic recovery has been largely driven also by the resilience and the strength, at least, of the manufacturing sector. We'll, look, we'll try to see if this momentum has been maintained. I think one of the big questions we've been asking economists also is, can manufacturing do most of the heavy lifting for the economy? This PMI number might be also very interesting to watch, especially after we saw those output numbers for factory output here in Singapore that show a slight 3% month-on-month decline. That's probably the uh, the item I'll be watching out for the most at the start of the week. All right, so clearly none of us are resting on, you know, an easy chair and sipping a pina colada because it's going to be <laughs> a very busy week. How do we know Jeff's week? not doing that right now? <laughs> How do we indeed? <laughs> this has been Market View Wrap on Money FM 89.3. I'm Clarissa Montero, joined in the studio by finance presenter JP Ong and joined on the phone by market strategist Jeff Howey from the SGX. Before acting on the information on MoneyFM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.